Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 26 through 27. I'm going to continue in our series, God with us, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit and that He is God with us, that He is guiding us, that He is leading us, that He's our friend, He's our comforter, He's our helper. He is the one who empowers us for life. He helps make life happen around us. And so our series text, John 14, 16, says, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. And will be in you. I love that. He is God with us. This morning, our goal through this series has been pretty simple. It's really for us to bring an understanding that we all need God more and uh, in every day of our lives. The more we seek God, the more of God we receive. Let me say that again. Every time we seek more of God, we receive more of God. God's not holding back on anybody in this place today. God's not cutting you off or or separating Himself from you. God very much wants to be a part of your life. And as we seek more of Him, we receive more of Him. And so today I want to preach to you concerning the path of the Holy Spirit. Here's a question that I want you to think about. How do I know I'm on the right track? How do I know I'm headed in the right direction? How do I know that I'm following the leading of the Lord in my life? What are the indicators that are available to me that let me know that I am on the right path? I doubt that there's probably a single person in this room, if we did a poll, and we went through every single person in this room, I doubt there's any one person that would say, I really do not want to follow God's direction for my life. Right? I mean, nobody's going to say that. We're here this morning in the house of God because we very much want to know what God has to say about our situation. We want to understand God's direction for our lives. We want His help along the way. You would have to be crazy or rebellious to say, I don't want God's leading in my life, and you probably wouldn't be here if that was the case. So this morning I want to talk to you about the path of the Holy Spirit. How do we know that we're on the right track? Help me pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I pray that your anointing would just come into this room right now and that you would help me to communicate freely these concepts, these ideas, these thoughts that you've placed in my heart from your word. Lord, I pray that they would be clearly communicated to your people. That, Lord, we all in this room, in agreement right now, want what you want. We desire what you desire. We want to follow your leading in this place. And so help us to understand and know how we can do that more effectively. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 John 16, 13 says this. It says, however, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. God has sent us the Holy Spirit, given us the Holy Spirit, our God with us, so that He can guide us and direct us along the way. So how is it that He guides us? 
Last week I said this to you. I said the fruit of the Spirit leads you to the plan of the Spirit. I want you to think about that. The fruit of the Spirit leads you to the plan of the Spirit. Now let me expand that thought just a little bit more today. The fruit of the Spirit leads you to the plan of the Spirit and it keeps you in the plan of the Spirit. It it holds you in place. It, It provides you guidelines and boundaries and direction. The fruit of the Spirit is what sustains us and guides us in the plan of God for our lives. The fruit of the Spirit works like this. It works like boundaries for us and keeps us moving in the right direction. If what I'm doing in my life currently violates love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then I can be sure that I am stepping beyond the boundaries that God has placed in my life, right? And so that fruit of the Spirit is what is guidelines or indicators that I am following and walking with the plan of God. Now I want you to listen to this this morning. The path of God is always paved with the peace of God. The path of God is always paved with the peace of God. You can deal with a lot of things in life as long as you have God's peace. Has anybody ever gone through any difficulties? Have you ever gone through any sicknesses or or challenges for your family? Let me tell you that when you have God's peace in that situation, yes, it's still difficult, yes, it's still hard, but it is so much better when you have God's peace to deal with those things than when you do not. We were just talking about this this morning in the foyer with one of our great people in this church. and They just said, you know, I don't know how people get by without a church family. Talking about the fourth situation. Because every time you would go over there, you would see not only their immediate family, their, their blood family, but you would also see church families surrounding them and supporting them. And that is what sustains us and keeps us because we need that support and we need that help along the way. That is what contributes to the peace in our lives and the peace of God is allowed to rest upon us through those relationships and those helps along the way. Peace is a guiding force and a sustaining force in the life of the believer. It holds us on an unwavering path and on a firm foundation that gives us a supernatural ability to weather the storms of this life. I can get through a lot of things as long as I have God's peace resting upon me. And so the path of the Holy Spirit is always a path of peace. John 14, 26, our text for today, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And then He says in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Again, verse 26 says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. He will guide you along the path of peace. And so here's the first point I want to make today is this, that we have to follow after His peace. Follow after His peace. Peace has to be the criteria for the decision-making process of the Christian. Peace has to be the criteria through which we make decisions for our lives. Do I have peace about this or am I troubled by it? Now, I bet you we could also take another poll in this room and we could discover that many of the bonehead mistakes we've made in our lives is because we blew right past peace and ignored the checks that we've had in our lives. 
Well, I wanted this car. I had to have this car. I never felt right about buying it, but I didn't even ask God about it, and I bought it anyway, and now I am stuck with a lemon. Houses and and other things, relationships. Has anybody ever had God check you on a relationship? They looked nice on the outside. They had all the right words to say. And then later on, when you got deep into this thing, you realized, oh my goodness, I have connected myself to a crazy person. And all the way, God was saying, if you would just follow after my peace, if you would just not move beyond those boundaries, then I could help you sustain yourself and keep you on a firm foundation. But now you have gone outside of that. And because you've gone outside of that, now you've got some trouble that really you didn't have to deal with. That you could have avoided. That I was trying to keep you from. God is your friend. That that is a critical point that I think all of us have to settle on this morning is that God is our friend. He's not keeping us from something. He's not holding out on you. He's not trying to keep keep you from your best life now. He's trying to get you to your best life. And so when God says no, He says no for your highest good always. It's always for my benefit. We had big plans this week. I was excited about them. I had been preparing and planning because Gabe will tell you, Blake will tell you, if we're going somewhere, I like to prepare for it. I have uh, gathered together. We were going on a camping trip. and We were supposed to be gone Thursday, Friday, and come back Saturday. I, in my mind, I work out every possible scenario, and I have a contingency plan for every possible scenario that could possibly happen. So, like, I mean... If I have the gear, we have it loaded in the truck kind of thing. I mean, I have tools. I have all kinds of different cookware. I've got first aid kits. Gabe was even, I have a surgeon's kit. Like, I would know what I'm doing. (laughs) And Gabe was like, you need to pack your surgeon's kit. I'm like, why? He said, I don't know. It's just because we got it. We might as well take it. (laughs) So not only have I got problems, I'm passing my problems on to my children now. We didn't take it. I didn't pack it. But, but the point is, all along the way, there seemed to be little roadblocks along the way. Nothing was working out. We finally decided to switch the trip from Mulberry to our property right out here on 369. Me and Gabe get up that next morning. We go out there to start setting up. I get stuck. You can't take a step without water coming up out of the ground. And I'm just like, okay, God, I'm frustrated And this is my conversation with God. Can y'all just be a part of my conversation with him for a minute? I'm like, God, this is not stinking fair. I work hard. I am faithful. I don't slack off. I do my job. I do everything I'm supposed to do. And I'm asking for three stinking days. And nothing's working out. And and I'm having this, I mean, I just have these kind of conversations with God because I think he's my friend. And uh, later on that afternoon, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, God always is working for my highest good. So if he's keeping me from something, he's protecting me from something. He's providing for me another way. Because April will tell you, this is the truth also about me. I will run myself into the ground because I've already made my mind about something. And God's provision a lot of times is just my well-being. He's just trying to take care of me. 
And so I don't always understand the reason to God's nose. But I know this, that if I will follow after His peace, I'll be a lot better off in my life. Amen. So follow after His peace. Having peace, having the peace of God resting on your life doesn't mean I don't wrestle with the decisions. But having peace means that once I settle on the decision, God fills me with joy and peace over the decision. When I finally decided to let go, that's when God started restoring and renewing and just helping me along the way. But as long as I was struggling, God just stood back and said, Okay, just keep struggling. Just keep wearing yourself out. Just keep striving. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Peace and joy sustain me in my hope. My hope is made manifest or made real by my faith and my faith is placed in the concept that if I will follow after hope and peace, they will always lead me to the plan and the provision of God every single time. If I will follow after them, they will lead me to the plan and the provision of God every single time. He will fill us with His peace as we follow after Him. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. He is not the author of confusion, but He is the God of peace. It's very simple. If I don't have peace about it, don't do it. Don't do it. If you don't have peace about it, Don't do it. Now, with that said, let me also say this, that we can't use peace as a patsy. Don't use peace as a cop-out to not stretch yourself or step beyond your comfort zone. Peace doesn't mean I'm always comfortable. Peace doesn't mean I don't take a risk. Peace doesn't mean I don't struggle with something. Peace doesn't mean there's no pressure. It means that in the struggle... In the stretching, in the pressure, there's an overarching sense of peace that guides, guards, and governs the process. Now listen, there is a difference between relief and peace. Relief is temporary. Peace is eternal. And so, yes, I may get some temporary relief from deciding I want to back away from something that God's leading me to, but I will never have peace about that. There'll be something inside of me that speaks to the fact of what I should be doing. Also notice this in verse 26. But the helper of the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now this is Jesus speaking and He's saying the things that I've said to you, the Holy Spirit's going to help you remember them. He's going to bring them up to you. He's going to remind you about them. The plan of God is paved with the peace of God. I said that to you earlier, but it is held together with the Word of God. Peace are like the pavers, and God's Word is like the mortar. And together they are building a path that I can walk down. They're building a place for my foot to step. Part of our struggle with peace, and this is important right here, part of our struggle with peace is found in this part of the text. God is reminding us of what He said to us, and we are spending our time, instead of adhering to it and following it, we spend our time trying to rewrite it. Trying to rewrite the narrative that God has spoken over our lives. You guys okay this morning? All right, I'm going to wait a little deeper here. For instance... 
I never told you. I never told you. Pastor never told you to be faithful to the house of God. I never told you to keep the Sabbath. I never told anybody in this church that you need to tithe. I never told anyone that that you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage. I'm not the one that it was my idea to come up with to serve. That wasn't my concept. That wasn't my idea. That was God's concept and idea. It wasn't my plan to love your neighbor as yourself. I actually stand up here each and every week and I don't tell you anything. I'm only here to remind you of what God has already said. These are not my ideas. These are not my ways. These are not my plans. These are God's. And so we have to reconcile what God has said and what the Holy Spirit is reminding us of what God said and not just sit here and try to rewrite the narrative in our minds. Now, if we don't want to do those things, that's your business. That's your choice. That's your prerogative. But it's not going to lead you to God's provision and promise. I talked earlier about violating the fruits of the Spirit. Let me explain something to you that is, that is a powerful principle. You do not break God's laws. You cannot break God's laws. God's laws are solid, they are steadfast, and they are eternal. Now you can violate God's laws, but you cannot break God's laws. Let me give you an for instance. You cannot break the law of gravity. But you can certainly violate the law of gravity. You can get on top of this building and you can say, I am going to break the law of gravity and you can try that all day, you won't, but you can violate it and you can find yourself face first in the concrete. Because any violation of God's laws always comes with consequences that God's trying to keep us from. God's trying to save us from. And so when God gives us directives in our lives, it's not to keep us from something, it's to get us to something. He's trying to provide us provision. He's trying to lead us in His plan. And He's also trying to get us protected. So it's always for our benefit. You okay? What we have a lot of times is the garden scene all over again. You know, in the beginning you have Adam and Eve in the garden... And Eve's alone in the garden there and the snake comes to her, the serpent comes to her and he says things like this, did God really say? Did God really mean? Did God really intend? And when we are being reminded of the things of God, what happens and what has a tendency for every believer is that we sit in our minds and we begin to rationalize what God has already said to the point that we justify our disobedience. Did God really say for me to do this? Did God really intend that under these certain circumstances that I should really follow His particular rules and His particular guidelines? Did God really say? And so the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and reminds us what God has, all, what God has already said and always that leads us on the pathway of peace. Listen. There's no need to make gray what's black and white. There's no need to make gray what is already black and white, what's already written in Scripture, what's already established as the Word of God. We don't need to make those things gray. I've known God for a while now in my life. He doesn't stutter. God doesn't... He's not double-minded. He's not indecisive concerning the direction for your life. In most cases, He has spoken. Now the question is, what did God say and how am I going to respond to what God has already said? 
the Holy Spirit reminds us of what God has already said. And any deviation from His words is a deviation from His peace. His words carry His peace. So be sensitive to the checks of the Holy Spirit. If you feel a check, if you feel a pause, if you feel conviction, be sensitive to those things because they are going to keep you on the path of peace. Follow after His peace. Verse 27 says, Peace peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. The key part of that verse for this next point is that it's not as the world gives do I give to you. God's path doesn't often mirror the world's path. In most cases, it directly contradicts the world's path. The world would say that I should follow the path of least resistance, but the path of least resistance is rarely the path of peace. The second point is this. God's peace doesn't mean a life. Life is problem-free. God's peace doesn't mean life is problem-free. Here's some misconceptions for you about God's peace. God's peace means there's not going to be any pressure. God's peace means there's not going to be any problems. God's peace means there's no opposition. God's peace is always met with ready support. Those could not be further from the truth. Following God's peace doesn't always lead to a trouble-free life. One of the biggest lies the enemy has sold us on is that if we follow God's plan, everything will just work out like it's supposed to with no hitches along the way. If you've been a Christian more than five minutes, you know that's not true. That lie, however, is rooted in some truth. Because the truth is, is that if you follow the plan of God, everything will work out like it's supposed to. That's true. But that doesn't mean that there won't be difficulties. It doesn't mean there won't be challenges. It doesn't mean there won't be pressure throughout the entire process. And it also doesn't mean that it will work out like we think it's supposed to. Trouble and challenges along the way don't mean it must not be God. Oftentimes it is an indicator that it is God. Ask the three Hebrew children that went through the fiery furnace. It did work out like it was supposed to. They're saved on the other side. But it certainly wasn't an easy path to get there. Think about the people leaving out of Egyptian bondage. The Israelites leaving out of Egyptian bondage. There was nothing seamless about their journey. There was nothing easy about the trek to the promised land. Every part of the process was difficult and challenging, yet it worked out like it was supposed to. Ask Jesus Christ as He goes to the cross. Nothing easy about that process at all, yet it worked out like it was supposed to. Listen to what Paul says in Acts 20 and 22. He says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, but none of these things move me? God, Paul has just been... In his own spirit, he knows there's trouble waiting for him in Jerusalem. Every city that he goes to on his path to Jerusalem, somebody testifies through the power of the Holy Spirit that there's trouble waiting for you in Jerusalem. 
And Paul's response to all of that is that none of these things move me. It would move me. I'm moved. (laughs) I'm troubled in my spirit. I don't know about you. Peace is what makes that possible. How is that possible that Paul would hear these things, know these things await him, and yet have the peace to say, none of this moves me? Because peace sustains us through everything. Paul will later write in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it's beyond my realm of articulation. It's beyond my realm of explanation. He says those... That surpasses all understanding. It guards my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Do you know where Paul wrote that Philippian letter? He wrote it from a Roman prison. Peace. God's peace doesn't mean a problem-free life. The path of God's peace is often laden with worldly problems and perils, but His peace sustains us through it all. Verse 27 goes on to say, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The last point is this. Peace always leads us to God's provision. The pathway of the Holy Spirit is the pathway of peace and it always leads us to God's provision. If I don't have peace about it, I don't do it. It keeps me in line. It keeps me moving forward. It keeps me moving toward the possibilities that God has created for me. There's some clear benefits to following after His peace. Let's look at verse 27 again. Notice the word let. I love this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The word let indicates that there's a portion of this process that I control. There's a portion of this process that belongs to me. There's a portion of this process that is based on my decision making. And so as I follow peace, I decide whether or not I let myself go into fear As I follow peace, I decide whether or not I let myself fall into anxiety. As I I walk this pathway of peace, I decide whether or not I'm just going to let anything come out of my mouth. Or instead, if I'm going to speak life over the situation that I'm praying, God will fix and take care of. What are you allowing yourself? What are you letting yourself do? Where are you letting yourself go? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It also speaks of my part of pursuing. My part of pursuing His peace. His peace comes as I seek Him. His peace comes as I obey Him. His peace comes as I put my faith and confidence in Him. The benefits of following after God's peace are His peace leads me to provision. It leads me to His plan. It leads me to His promise. It leads me to His presence. And it leads me to His purpose. John 16, says, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Trouble in the world, but peace in God. Peace always leads to God's provision. Lauren, would you come? Stand with me if you would across this place this morning. Follow after His peace. Follow after His peace. It doesn't mean you're going to have a problem-free life, but it does mean that it will always lead you to God's provision. 
The Holy Spirit will guide you and He will use His peace as His guide. So let Him lead you and direct your steps and establish them on the foundation of God's peace. The path of the Holy Spirit is the path of peace this morning. So let me ask you today, are you following after peace? Are you here struggling with decisions, places you want to go, but you have a check and God is saying, trust me, follow me, don't deviate from my peace, stay on that pathway. I promise I have something better for you and that's a struggle for you this morning. I understand that. We all have those places in our lives. Maybe you're here and you need God's peace and direction for something specific in your life right now. He's here to help you. He says, my peace I give to you. And so it's our job to receive it. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I am letting myself go places emotionally, spiritually, physically that I should not be going. Places that really deviate from your peace. And I need to stay on track. I need to stay on track. If you need God's peace this morning to guide you and direct you in your life right now, would you step out of your seat and come to the front? Let us pray for you this morning and ask God just to help you in your life. Amen. I need God's peace. I feel unsettled over areas of my life. I feel like I'm struggling in particular areas of my life. And I need God to help me to know what I should do. The Holy Spirit will remind us of what God has said. Would you come? Some of you come and pray for these in the altar this morning. Father, I thank you for these. Let's stretch your hands this way and as we pray for these in the altar. Father, I thank you for your peace that guides us and sustains us. Your peace that establishes a pathway for our lives. Lord, we want to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. We want to be sensitive to what you're saying and what you're speaking over us. I pray that, God, you would not allow us to deviate from the, to the right or to the left, but, Lord, we would stay and step with your Spirit this morning. And, Lord, those steps are laden with peace. When I feel a check, I'm going to stop. When I feel conviction, I'm going to pause. When I feel like things are not exactly like they should be, God, I'm not moving beyond you. I'm not getting ahead of you. I'm staying in step with you. Let the peace of God guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That peace that passes understanding, that goes beyond our mental understanding, Father. Let that be a guide to us this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed still in this place, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't really know Jesus Christ, or maybe you have been in in relationship with God in the past, but for whatever reason, things have gotten you off that track. And this morning, you stand in this place, convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that you are not living the life God intended for you to live. The peace of God starts with peace with God. I have to be reconciled to Him. I have to be put in right standing with Him this morning. And so when I get on that firm footing with God, that foundation of Jesus Christ, then I can start to move forward into the plan that God has for me. So if you're here this morning and you say, I need Jesus in my life. I need God 
to forgive me. I need God to get me back on track. I need God to help me to reestablish my relationship with Him. Would you just raise your hand right where you are in this place and signify that to me this morning. Say, that's me. I need Jesus. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. I want to pray this prayer. Those of you that raise your hand, I just want you to pray this prayer with me and I want you to ask God to make things right in your life. To forgive you of where you have deviated from His plan and to set you on the right course this morning. Father, I thank you for these two men that have raised their hands this morning in this place, signifying to you that they need you as Lord and Savior. Lord, if there's others in this place that maybe I miss, God, you see each and every one of them. You know the hearts of each and every person in this place. And so, Father, anyone that's here that does not have that relationship with you, God, as they call upon you, as they ask you to realign their life and priorities with you, I pray that, God, you would let your spirit settle over them. That, Father, old things in their life would pass away and all things would become new. That, Father, this would be a day of new beginnings for them. That it would be a day of fresh starts. That it would be a day, Lord, where we start to move forward with you and that we get on track and on the path with you. Forgive us of our mistakes. Forgive us of our failures. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of all those things, Lord, that we can do nothing about, but your blood washes them away. Your blood makes us right. Your blood makes us whole. Your blood makes us clean and makes us perfect in your eyes. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that has been shed for us at Calvary's cross. Lord, we confess you as Lord and Savior. You are our God. You are our King. You are our Savior. And we will follow you and we will serve you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. Say come to